Hello there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. My name is Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like to get more information about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we, we have uh, lots of exciting things going on at the CCB. Um, this coming uh, Monday, for example, uh, we're going to be holding... Uh, our, only our second in-person meeting since the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, it's going to be a Christmas party at the uh, Lions Center. So uh, we have uh, a number of uh, things going to be happening during the course of our Christmas party. So yeah, we do exciting things. Uh, occasionally we go on trips. Um, uh, we really like to go to Campbellford to uh, check out all the, the goodies down there. And, uh, you know, we have guest speakers and you know, it's lots of fun. So if you happen to be blind, deafblind, or partially sighted, by all means, check it out. Another thing that occurred to me over the past uh, month or so is uh, I'd kind of like to find a new way of introducing this particular show. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts. If you do, uh, why not email them to me at insightpeterborough at gmail.com. That's insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, this is the beginning of the month, beginning of December, for heaven's sake. Where on earth has 2021 gone? Uh, it wasn't all that much better as far as COVID is concerned, but we did make some um, changes along the way that have been helpful, like the vaccinations and that sort of thing. So, uh, and uh, th this year we're able to travel a little more than we were last year for the Christmas holiday. So, uh, yes, it is the beginning of the month. I kind of got off uh, topic there for uh, a second. <laughs> and I was about to say that because it is the beginning of the month, we're going to have a chat with Kim Kilpatrick from the uh, Get Together with Technology uh, wing of the CCB. And uh, this time, appropriately enough, we're going to be talking about things that you could reasonably ask for, ask Santa for. Uh, either um, for uh, in your stocking or under the tree. 
So here's our chat with Kim. Well, hello there, Kim, and we're back together again for the last month of the year. I know. Time flies, doesn't it? It's hard to believe we're getting into December. Yeah. Winter time and all of that. Yes, you know, we're recording this on a Friday, and I think this is um, three weeks away from Christmas Eve, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You got your shopping all done? No. No. Have you? Uh, Not quite. Almost, but not quite. Yeah, it's hard hard to do when when you're kind of, I don't know, these years with COVID, it's hard to do because you kind of think, what do you give people and are you going to be able to see people and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of interesting for sure. Yeah. So we were going to talk about what we could reasonably ask for in the way of of technology and that sort of thing. Yeah, so one thing I was thinking about, and I got thinking about it partly because of guide dogs, um, which is interesting, um, because we were, someone asked me about if people give them a gift for their guide dog that's inappropriate for a guide dog. Oh, yeah. Um, What should they do? And so it got me thinking about how to get what you want in terms of either high-tech or low-tech gifts as opposed to what someone thinks might be good. So say, for example, someone gives you, like one time I wanted a, a Bluetooth speaker. And I got a Bluetooth speaker to pair with my phone. I wanted a little one, nice little one. Yeah. So I could just pair it with that, just for listening to audio books and things like that. But the problem was that I couldn't feel any of the buttons on it because it was almost like a touchscreen. Oh, no. The buttons there, but they were too, they didn't stick up enough for me to touch them. Yeah. And the person didn't do the wrong thing in that they, I asked for a Bluetooth speaker I got the Bluetooth speaker, but then I had to return it because and get a different one because I couldn't actually use it. Oh. So sometimes it's better to try to find an actual model number or an actual uh, device name, especially if it's a mainstream thing. So say, for example, someone said they'd buy you a microwave. You want to make sure that those things can be labeled. You know, all of the the buttons can be labeled. Yeah. That they beep each time you press it in. You know, those kind of things. And the the same with um, this Bluetooth speaker. Like, I didn't even dream that it might not be accessible because I was in the past before. All it would have would be, you know, a button. You turn it on and it paired and maybe there were volume buttons. But... It had gotten fancy, and there was this, you know, touchscreen thing on it, or or there were buttons, but you just couldn't feel them. So I I think the thing is that sometimes people will buy something for you, and they'll think that it's a good idea. Or, for example, you know, they'll decide that, oh, this will be good for that person, it may or may not be, so be as specific as you can. I know some people worry about that and they think, oh, that sounds like you're really demanding or whatever it is. 
But really be specific because then you don't have to return it. Or if you feel you would prefer a gift card yes. from a company. So say if you say, I'd rather have an Amazon gift card so that I can get what I want. Or I'd rather have an Apple Store gift card. Or I'd rather, um, you know, I'd rather someone give me uh, even uh, money towards something and then I can pick it out myself. Yeah. Then you're safe that way. Or just be really specific. You know, you could say, go to the Braille Superstore or or this company, Canadian Assistance Tech, but go to this and get me some locator dots in the shape of this and that, or get me, if you could, you know, money towards this thing that I want, a new yes. phone, I want a new phone, I just like an Apple gift card towards a new phone, or I'd like, um, you know, a, a, I want a speaker, but I, I want to pick it out myself, I want to be able to touch it. Now, the hard thing nowadays, but it's not quite as hard as it was, is we can't go into stores and, and Feel things first. I know. I had an issue with uh, the source um, a little while ago. I wanted a speaker, and uh, I wanted to make sure that I could operate it, uh, you know, and, and so that there wouldn't be touch uh, screens yeah. and that sort of thing. And uh, I convinced him to uh, unwrap one so I could touch it. And I had a friend with me, and he ended up making two sales uh, instead of one. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes they, they, they're hesitant to do that, but a lot of times you can talk them into, yes. you know, unwrapping it. Like you said, there was, one, there was a time when I was going to buy phone cases, too. Yeah. And the thing about the phone cases is, or even an iPod touch case or an iPad case or tablet case, I want to be able to feel the buttons really well. Yeah. Like, there aren't a lot of buttons anymore on your phone, but I want to be able to feel those ones that are there. Yeah. And some cases make them stick out nicely and some don't. I like a case with nice, clear edges. Yes. On it. And I also like a case that's easy for me to hold, like it, like it yes. doesn't slip out of my hand. And I can't tell from the box, so I have to make them open them. I can feel them. Yeah, that's right. And they do, you know, they, they, they do. But like you say, sometimes at first they're kind of, well, I don't take that out unless you're going to buy it. And then, you know, you have to say, well, I need to know these things. Yeah. And, and instead of sort of getting upset with salespeople, because I guess it's their policy, that's, is you can explain why. So I, I would say that. I need to be able to feel the buttons of my phone really careful, clearly through the case. I need to be able to hold it really well, and I can't tell, you know, I can't tell that until I touch it. Yeah. And then they tend to, because like you said, you got two sales instead of one. Yeah. Like, you know, they they tend to understand that they will probably open something and let you touch it. Yes. Um, and it's the same with keyboards. You know, if you if if you want a gift of a Bluetooth keyboard or a new computer keyboard or something, you want to know that you can really feel those keys and that you can feel the F and J keys. Yeah. There's usually a mark there. You want to know that 
the arrow keys are not like squished. There was one keyboard that I felt where the arrow keys, you know that sort of cross of arrow keys? Yes. So the, the left, right, up, and down, but they weren't separate. Oh, no. Kind of like one big, musty, where you could kind of feel a line between the up and the down, but it wasn't. It wasn't clear to me. Like, it wasn't clear enough that I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you want to make sure that those things are the way you want them. And so it's good to be able to ask uh, to turn that on. Yes. Um, it's good to be able to turn a screen reader on uh, or turn something on you might listen to you know, with, with some of these things, too. That's right. Um, so, and now that we're going out a little more, we can we can do that again. Yes. But it it's important because if you get something and you have to return it, that's also more of a hassle for you, especially, you know, in the wintertime. Sure is. Or, you know, if you're not as comfortable going out. So it's better to be as clear as you can be. Um some of the some of the low tech things I kind of mentioned locator dots they're always useful to have yeah there's a lot of different kinds and different shapes and you know I find I use them I use them a lot so they're really handy yes and they're they're pretty inexpensive so it would be something that you know someone could give you um, a smart speaker the little ones yeah. uh, people really enjoy that and they they tend to often go on sale around this time of year, the little yeah, the Echo Dot, <clears throat> the Google Minis, you know, they're, they're pretty, um, they're pretty good for these things. Yes. Um, you know, money towards things, money towards bigger purchases, or SD cards or memory sticks are handy, you know, yeah. if you... Those are great uh, stocking stuffers. Yeah, and and you need those things for your Victor stream, like having an yep. extra SD card if you're using, say, a talking book player or you're using a Braille display. That's Both of the Braille displays take SD cards to read to read books on. So um, those things are, are, are handy for sure. Batteries. For devices. Um, if you don't have a case for your phone or you want, you know, a case that's, that's a good um, smaller thing. Of course, you know you can go up to bigger things, asking for for higher price things like computers, laptops. But even that, if you ask for like a laptop or something, really make sure that it's something you you know that the keyboard you can use, that the speakers sound good. So when I bought a laptop, this was a few years ago. I went to um, Best Buy. And I asked them. I asked them to turn them on, and I put narrator on it. Like that's built in now. Yeah. I just pressed the keys to get narrator talking. More just to hear if the speaker sounded good with the screen reader. You know, yes. you want to make sure it sounds good for you. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So any of those things again, like a <clears throat> phone, a laptop, any of those things, you really want to touch it. You want to. You want to know, um, you know, like uh, if anyone was going to buy you a more expensive gift like that or go in on it, you yeah. want to make sure that you know what they're going to do and that it's 
the thing that you want. You wouldn't want to have to, you know, take it back and say, not accessible, I can't use it, I don't want to, you know, yeah. want to use it. Right. Those kind of things um, definitely are good. Um, I guess smart plugs, I don't have any smart plugs or smart lights or any of that. But a lot of blind people are telling me that they are handy because if you plug your lamp into the, you know, into the smart plug, you can just tell your speaker to turn the light on. But sometimes I forget to do it or, you know, I... Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't remember, so... I know. Those things um, are good. Sometimes apps, so if they give you um, an iTunes gift card, uh, you could buy apps with it. So if there are apps that you really want, like, for example, Voice Dream Reader for reading books and things like that, some of the... Some apps are more expensive than others. A lot of apps are free, but there, there's some apps that, you know, that... Uh, voice Dream Scanner for scanning was is is an, a paid app, and some of them are. So sometimes, if you think there's apps you want or there's music you want to download and buy from iTunes, say for example, or another thing people could do is give you a subscription to something to to Netflix or Spotify or. Apple Music, or, you know, now there's so many I know. monthly subscriptions you can have. That's for sure. And if you really want a music subscription, like you want Spotify or Apple Music or, you know, Google Music or whatever they're calling it now, YouTube Music, I can't remember what they're calling it, but <laughs> or Amazon, you know, Amazon, whatever, video and music, you could check into the one that might have the most things you might want on it. Most of the music ones are kind of similar. And then you could ask for money towards that. Yeah. So that's another thing definitely you could you could do. Um, and the same with giving gifts, too. You can... Uh, it's pretty accessible to, to give gift cards to people, like from Amazon or from, from Apple, from... I don't know, I haven't done it with Google, but you can do it online. Like, you can buy it, you can put a message on it, you can email it to the people, and that way they've got it. And, um, again, if someone gives you one, emailing it to you is good because then you know what it is and you can click on it and add it, you know, to your account. Yeah. So it's an, it's an easy way to do that if you don't want to pick up a card for... Right like an actual physical card, although you can scan those into your devices, but it's just a bit harder to do that. Yes. So even if you said, if you're giving me a gift card, could you please get me in one that you email to me and then I know I have it, I know what it is, I know how much it is, you know, and I can add it to my, I can use it to buy things. So things like that, I mean, I know they sound kind of un unromantic, that's not quite the word I'm looking for, but they, they sound so practical, but they really do help, you know, they, they do help us. Yeah, they sure we do. We need to get at this time, you know, at this time of year. Yeah. Batteries are always a good thing, too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And um, things to clean your phone screen, like like a little, little, little cloth. Um, definitely... I'm trying to think of some other low-tech. 
But some people like, you know, the liquid level indicators. Oh, or, yes. Uh, I don't personally like I them. I don't but either, no. Some people do. Yeah. Are those, um, those silver, you know, what do they call them, those of glove? I like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, I have of, two of those. which are like very thin oven mitts, but you can really feel through them. They don't burn your hands, but you you can really feel through them the... Um, the, uh, the pant. Yeah. A lot. The other thing that a lot of people that are blind find useful are the, um, like the coffee makers, the, you know, the ones with the pods. I know that that's not as environmentally good, although some of them I think you can recycle. They, you know, because you're not pouring the hot liquid in, you yeah. are actually putting the cup under the, you know, under the, thing and making your drink with that. Yes. So some people have those and maybe pods for those or or getting one, a small one, um, like a one cup one or something if if someone doesn't have that means they're not pouring boiling water. And I'm, especially if people's hands are shaky or, you know, their balance is a bit off, sometimes those yes. things are really useful for people. Yeah. And they're not strictly tech, but they kind of are, I guess. I've been wanting one of those, uh, but I but I have been hesitating because the pods aren't recyclable. Yeah. And I hate, I hate Some of them now are, are more recyclable, but also you can get, you can get a metal, uh, or I don't even know what you call it, a stainless steel kind of pod that you can fill up with your own on stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh -huh. use it in there, apparently. Um, so that's, that's another thing that, you know, that some people want, which is, which is kind of tech, I guess. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of good. Some things like that, where you think if there's something, travel mugs, I would not be without travel mugs, I can tell you, not even for travel, but I don't want to knock hot stuff over at home. No. I like travel mugs with a lid. Oh. So I don't want to trip over a dog when I'm carrying oh, yeah. a tea or something. Yeah. I love travel mugs, I must say. I must say, <laughs> I, I take me forever to drink hot liquids, so I like them for that reason, too, that they, yes. they last. But those are kind of some ideas of, I think we went a bit all over the map, but it's... um. That's a good variety of ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think you can you can usually find something. I guess for people with low vision too, sometimes markers or sometimes um, you have to watch about magnifiers because you have to know exactly what the person uses. But sometimes there's some more inexpensive magnifiers that could work for some people. Yeah. But you have to know the person's vision a lot. Same with sunglasses or something like that. You have to know what they absolutely would use. Yes, and people's um, vision is so there. You know, there are a, is a variety of of vision uh, restrictions. So you'd really have to know what that person needed. Oh yeah, like it would be hard, I think, to to do. But if you did know. If you knew these type of markers work really well for that person or they like this kind of calendar, 
Like, I know some people with low vision that like to get a very big calendar so that they can, you know, they can write a bit in it or something like that. Um, Our chapter. Is that about the person? Then yeah, that's you know that that's a good thing to do or to get some lights or you know little lights or I don't know any kind of magnification. Like if you know things that they use all the time, then yes. that's that's good. But you want to make sure that you understand the person's you know vision level and what they what they need because. You could you could end up getting someone something again that they they can't use for whatever reason. Yeah, um, our chapter has put out a calendar um, oh, with uh, yeah. you know uh, for people with uh, low vision, and uh, I have a, a sister with uh, macular degeneration, so I've bought her one of those. Uh, oh, that's good. That's yeah. good because. Um, and I guess, I mean, I guess the other thing is, say you want to give someone something, now this isn't high or low tech, but it's just ideas that, you know, that I've heard of, um, is to help someone or offer to drive them to get their dog food or offer to drive them to, especially in the winter, you know, wow. to get groceries once in a while or something like that. Those are always appreciated that type of thing because you know it's 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 not a glamorous type gift, but it is harder for us in the winter going out and lugging stuff and trying oh. to get around when it's slippery or really really cold. Yes. Um, so even things like that, and I know that isn't that isn't in the tech realm, but there have been a few times where people have given me gifts like that that I really oh yes really appreciate it. You know. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, thank you so much. Like, this really helped me a ton to get, go to, you know, a big pet store and get a bunch of stuff. Or this really helped me getting, going to Costco or something, going somewhere where you normally wouldn't be able to go. It's not that accessible or things like that, you know, really are appreciated, I think. Definitely. Um. Yeah, and if you know someone can't, they shovel, or um, I don't have to shovel, unfortunately, but <laughs> if you know someone can't shovel, like say they have a, a lot of disability, you know, yeah. just plus other things, or, you know, you know things like that, you could even offer things like that. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of creativity, I think, that that you can put into those things. And sometimes those are the best, right? When you yes. do like that. Yeah. And you think, oh, yeah, the person really knows. Yeah. They really know. Mm. Yes. What I need. You know, they've yeah. thought about it. They know, you know, that I'm, that this is hard for me and this is a place I can't get to easily. And they're offering to take me there. Wow. Like, that's awesome. Oh, you know, look, oh definitely. Look at that, you know. That's for um, sure. Yeah. And I know that's not strictly tech, but... Oh, no, but uh, it's valuable. It's it's really helpful. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the thing. Think about the person. Yeah. You know, think about the person. And, and don't be afraid to ask. I mean, I know it's not as much of a surprise, but, you know, if you said, I was thinking of getting you, you know, a speaker. Yeah. What kind of speaker, you know, is there something you might want in that in that realm of, of yeah, so 
Yeah, like I think I think I think asking is okay because you want to make sure you get the right thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you very much for this. Uh, I really appreciate this. I hope everyone has a great holiday season, and if you get something that's super exciting and and different and unique, you know, it'd be fun to hear about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, you could send. Uh, an email to uh, insightpeterborough at gmail.com insightpeterborough at gmail.com and then we uh, might be able to discuss it uh, like a post-Christmas thing <laughs> yeah. otherwise we'll have to be coming up with something else to uh, to talk about um, yeah. So if people have ideas or something they'd like to know or us to talk about, let us know that too. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Are you staying in Ottawa? Yeah, in Clips. I hear you're traveling. I am. I'm coming to Ottawa. (laughs) Yeah. I have three sisters there, so yeah. Oh, that's so nice because you haven't probably gone in. I was there for... Uh, part of a day in August because a friend of mine had to go to an uncle's funeral so I got the chance of a ride so I saw two of my sisters that uh, live there but um, anyway um, it was nice to see them and it'll definitely be nice to see uh, to see them again one is at the moment in uh, a rehabilitation hospital, uh, Briere. One of oh, the, Briere. Yeah, okay. uh, for uh, stroke rehabilitation. Oh, yeah. I hope she's okay. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And uh, I hope you have a really good holiday, too. Yeah, you too. And we'll speak with you. Uh, might have to do it uh, first thing in January because yeah. uh, I'll be away. Um, yeah. Until well, the 30th. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. Too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much for, for being with us again. Thank you. As has been the case for the past number of years, a group called Radio Out of the Past will once again be presenting an old time radio marathon. I really enjoy these marathons because I I love old-time radio. For those of you who are old enough, you'll remember shows like the Jack Benny Show, The Shadow, The Whistler, uh, all sorts of uh, shows like that. Um, Fred Allen Show, uh, Burns and Allen. Oh, I could go on and on. On Saturday, December 11th, they'll be doing the Christmas Old Time Radio Marathon, and I had the opportunity to chat with Larry Gassman, who is the president of uh, the group, or chairperson of the group, and he uh, tells us almost everything about it. He doesn't uh, spill too many beans, 
But uh, here's what Larry had to say, and he is speaking to us from Fullerton, California. Hi, Larry, and welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, first of all, I mean, we are going to talk about the upcoming marathon, but for the benefit of uh, people who might be listening that are maybe too young to know uh, or remember, can you explain, and I often get this question, can you explain what old-time radio is? Old-time radio, it wasn't known by that title initially. It was just radio. Um, And it was invented in the 20s. if you some some cities say that it was invented earlier than that, but most people believe it was in the 1920s, like 1920 or so. Uh, and it started with uh, people just being on the radio, just to just as it was a, it was a brand new thing, and they just wanted to be on it. And eventually, they started performing musical things. There was news, uh, all kinds of other events. And eventually, they did recreations of shows uh, as well. And so it became a big business in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And um, lots of great programming was done on radio all around the world. And in the in the 50s and 60s, it pretty much left the United States. But in Canada, it continued. In the, BB, the BBC in London, it continued. Uh, also, uh, South Africa and Australia. Uh, we went to television in, well, in the early 50s. And by 1962, it was pretty much gone from here. But it was a great a great source for news and weather and programming of all kinds. So it was very popular. So um, they had things like detective shows like we do today, but it was on radio. They had comedy shows uh, back then on radio, like we do today on t- TV, right? Yes, exactly. And uh, did they have uh, variety shows like uh, we do as well? They did. Um, the variety shows were anywhere from an hour, sometimes 30 minutes to an hour. You know, In one case, there was a two-hour show. But mm-hmm. there were variety shows with all kinds of different acts and all kinds of different people on the show as well. So very much like what we see today, uh, except I think probably um, some of the sexual content that you see on TV today would not have been allowed no. on radio. Not at all. It was very mm-hmm. much a G rated product. Right. And they had commercials back then. Where do you suppose they were as hated then as they are today? I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you asked. Commercials. Do you think commercials were as disliked then as they are today? Oh, I think so. I don't. I don't think anybody actually liked to have the commercial interrupt a program that they had an interest in listening to. But they realized even back then that commercials pay for the bills. Yeah. So people didn't have the ability to speed through a commercial because nothing like that had been invented yet. So they just listened to it. And, and in many cases, they were very popular, like in the soaps, etc. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And they did have soaps uh, back then. They did. And most of them, though, were only 15 minutes in length. Yes. Occasionally a 30-minute show. 
But you never had an hour-long soap. No. Not back then. I, no. I love listening to the old commercials now, uh, whereas some of today's commercials, well, sort of ho-hum, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were interesting back then, all those commercials, because yes. the announcers who did most of the announcing on the commercials um, really did their best to make you want to buy the product. It's it's not so much that way today. And in the various, uh, or at least the very earliest times, those commercials were done live, weren't they? They were, uh, until the mid-50s, when more and more of them were recorded. But before that, all the announcers read the copy live. Yeah. Right there in the show. Yes, absolutely. Everything was live. Yeah. Mistakes and all. If mistakes happened, uh, then you just went on. Yeah. If mistakes happened during a recorded shows in the early 30s, especially when they were recording on wax, and they got maybe 14 minutes into a 15-minute show and somebody made a mistake, they weren't able to save the wax. They had to go back and clean the wax off the recording and do it oh. all over again. Oh, my. Just like uh, typing. Uh, when we used typewriters yes, and had to be letter perfect. If we made a mistake, we had to go back and do the whole thing over. That's right. That's yeah. right. So how did you get into the hobby of old time radio? I heard it on the air. Now, I didn't hear it when it was originally on for the most part, except for a few shows that were stragglers like uh, I was born in 55, and by 1960-61, we pretty much had most radio programs gone from yes. the airwaves. But we did have Suspense and Johnny Dollar here in America, and we had Don McNeil's Breakfast Club and Arthur Godfrey. And I heard those shows and liked them. Um, and then they all went away, and then about 1963 or 4, I would tune in stations and hear syndication services playing radio shows like Charlie Michelson syndicated a lot of radio from the forties on and he was still doing it in 1962 and three. So I would hear them then. So I really liked them. And then for whatever reason, I didn't hear them anymore. Maybe they went away. Mm -hmm. And in 1970 we had, we heard a radio, an FM station where a guy was playing radio shows. He was a later turned out to be a good friend of ours. So we began thinking maybe it would be fun, kind of fun to collect these because we didn't know that other collectors were collecting them. Mm -hmm. And so we started collecting in 1970, we meaning my twin brother, John and I, and that collection is still very much with us today, except it's all digital rather than on tape. Yes. I was uh, looking at a, a new computer, well, new to me computer that I got not too long ago and realized that it didn't have a, a disk drive. Nope. That's why those, those have gone away. Uh, yeah. First they took the floppies, then they took the CD drives because most people will download what they need uh, or get it in some other form of file, sh file sharing. Mm -hmm. And, and so the, the manufacturers, the manufacturers of these computers decided, well, 
it's probably not really necessary to have any kind of a disk drive. So they didn't they didn't put them in. So I wonder what we're supposed to do with all our old disks. <laughs> um, I I gradually will digitize them. Mm-hmm. I have a mixer, a soundboard, and so I can digitize them and put them on external hard drives. Yeah. Now, the problem is, uh, well, you can actually still buy an external CD player. Oh, yeah. And that would work because I've still got a lot of CDs around here that I've not digitized yet. Right. And even though Same. my computer still has a disk drive, the next one I buy probably won't. So I'll have to yeah. buy an external CD drive and, and then transfer them that way, digitize them that way. Ah, okay. Uh, so... Um is your collection still growing? Yes. Uh-huh. There are still finds. There are people still finding radio shows. And I'm a part of a few buying groups as well. So we get stuff in every month, generally. Uh, and, and so, yes, it's just when you think you've collected it all, <laughs> there are new things to find and listen to and enjoy. And yes. in many cases, play on the air. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason why I do that. Yeah. So tell us about this old time radio marathon. You've been doing it for several times a year for quite a few years, haven't you? Yeah, I think it started in 2006. And and Bob Acosta from Radio Out of the Past and Accessible World uh, thought it would be a great idea to do this because he had heard John and I locally doing old time radio marathons back in 1994, 95 actually before that, 84, 85, uh-huh. and on radio. Um, you know, the station people needed a, a break, and they said, hey, would you guys like to do a, I don't know, 10-hour, 12-hour marathon? We said, sure. So we did yeah. them on the 4th of July. We did them on Christmas. And so Bob thought it would be fun to do that. And so it evolved, and now it used to be two days, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, I remember. Four year, four times a year, and now it's once uh, it's one, it's six hour period on a, or 12 hour period on a weekend and, uh, done four times a year. So we've been doing it since 2006 with five and six and seven other hosts. And yeah. we play a couple of hours each. And then it's not a, uh, horrible, uh, onus on one person. Or Correct. Two or three. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on December 11th, uh, for the Christmas season, you're going to have another marathon. And what what can we expect in this particular marathon? Well, about two years ago, we decided to expand it a little bit. So you do hear Christmas programs. This year, you'll hear probably almost everything will be a Christmas program. But we decided to expand it a little bit so that if anybody wanted to play a Thanksgiving Day show or a Christmas show or a New Year's show, mm-hmm. they could do that. And it actually was met with a lot of success. Um, but this year we're going to be hearing uh, Jim Taylor, who will be on uh, in the afternoon, does all news-related programs for the most part. He loves doing that, loves news, remembers a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So he does news. Um John and I and our friend Walden Hughes from Yesterday USA will be doing a interview for an hour or so with Catherine, Catherine Crosby, 
being Crosby's second uh, wife, mm-hmm. and will allow people to also ask questions who are in the audience. And then we'll play a Christmas thing with Bing in which Bing and Catherine were there together just after they got married in 1958. So we'll be doing that. Others will be playing old-time radio programs. We'll all be giving away prizes. And uh, you have to be there to win. And you have to be near your microphone to win. But So that's 12 hours and six hosts. So it's always a lot of fun. We always give people a chance to chat about what they've heard, etc. So there's a lot of interaction during those 12 hours. Yes, I can uh, attest to the fact that it is fun. I have uh, uh, participated in several of them, and I'm looking forward to uh, the one on December 11th. So now, um, if someone is interested in this, now I know Zoom bombing is something that we want to guard against. And uh, so if someone is interested in joining the marathon, uh, should they contact me, do you think? They can actually email me. Um, okay. And then I can give them the Zoom link. All righty. And it's very simple. Uh, it's an email address we created not long ago. I was going to try and do one specifically for the marathon, but I ran out of time. But if anybody wants to contact me, it's Larry Gassman, G-A-S-S-M-A-N. So Larry Gassman at yesterdayusa.com. I will be looking at emails. And if you want to come into the room and just chat uh, or just listen, for that matter, a lot of our people just listen when they initially come in. You can do that. I'll send you a Zoom link and you can come in for as long as you want. Stay as long as you want. If you need to go, that's fine. But it's Larry Gassman at yesterdayusa.com. And note the two S's in Gassman. Correct. Yep. All right. Uh, That's great, Larry. Is there anything else uh, that we should be touching on? Uh, Just that during the course of the 12-hour marathons, we give prizes away to people. And oftentimes they're to people who just came in and whom we're just getting to know because we want them to come back. And so we'll give away prizes. There are no questions associated with the prizes. We'll just pick a name and say, you won. And then we'll email you uh, radio programs. And uh, it's of the, uh, the committee's choosing what the prize is or the one that's it, uh, it is it is but if you're looking for something in particular and if we can help you you can you know correspond with us and we can find maybe something you're looking for and customize it and send it to you we'll do that too yeah okay terrific so that's december 11th starting at noon uh, noon eastern nine pacific so that's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And it goes for 12 hours, midnight Eastern or 9 o'clock p.m. on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And you can come and, come and go as you please. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Terrific. Well, thank you, Larry. Much appreciated. And uh, um, I'm going to be there, and I hope that others uh, listening will join me as well. Thank you, Devin. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So that email again to reach Larry is Larry Gassman at 
yesterdayusa.org. Well, we have a, a few minutes left, and so I thought I'd play a couple of Christmas tunes. Um, both of them have to do with technology. One, which will be the first one, Ding Dong Merrily on High, was sung by Deck Talk, which was a, uh, and I guess still is available, it's a speech synthesizer that was originated back in the uh, 80s. And uh, back then it was a huge device that you attached to your computer. Now I think you can get it in the form of a computer program. But anyway, uh, there were some people that uh, made it sing several songs, and one of them is Ding Dong Merrily on High. That's one uh, song that I wanted to play for you. And the other one is uh, by Jonathan Mosen, who is a, a real computer whiz kid in uh, New Zealand. And uh, he, a few years ago, came up with uh, a song about uh, what he wanted for Christmas, <laughs> which I thought you might enjoy. Okay, Google, take me to the pub. The pub is 13 minutes from your location by car and light traffic. I want the Google driving car for Christmas. Only the Google driving car will do. I don't like the bus. I can't stand the train. Cause sometimes public transportation really is a pain I want the Google driving car for Christmas My car can take my children to the zoo I 
thought I might like to ride a racing bike But I got too close to a car that snapped my cane in two I can see me now one Christmas morning Checking out the tree And I'd find that Santa's elf brought a car that drives itself It would drive down to the pub with me I want a Google driving car for Christmas Only a Google driving car will do I don't want a droid or geeky Google glasses I only like Google driving casses And Google driving casses like me too drive to the store when I get the urge instead of 3am so I avoid the uber surge I'd watch a drive-in movie and when we arrived I'd make sure that from now on they were audio described I can see me now on Christmas morning check out the tree and I'd find that Santa's elf brought a car that drives itself it would drive down to the pub with me I want a Google driving car for Christmas only a Google driving car will do I don't want a droid or geeky Google glasses I only like Google driving casses and Google driving casses like me too. And that'll do it for this week. We have one more week in the fall and winter season at uh, Trent Radio here. So uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully with a few more Christmas tidbits for you and. Uh, other things that will interest you as well for next week. So uh, we'll wish you uh, a really good week. Thank you so much for listening, and I do hope you'll join me next week on December 13th. Bye for now. <laughs>